0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You're very welcome to the Brendan Option, courtesy of Immaculata Productions. I'm Father Brendan Kilcoyne. If you like what we're doing, would you please give us a hand, and this is crucial, by hitting the subscribe button. Uh, Not as crucial, but still in that family, would be sending us a few quid on PayPal or Patreon. Uh, You could send us the price of a pint, of a cup of coffee, an espresso, whatever. We take what we get. The widow's might. Okay. Will you please remember us in your prayers and share your thoughts with us in the comments. I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. I'm quoting, of course, uh, those of you film buffs out there, uh, I'm quoting, of course, um, the film Network, in which Peter Finch memorably plays uh, the newscaster Howard Beale. And I was reminded most most opportunity of this film just before we, be, just before we began our session of filming this evening by, by an associate it's a remarkable performance. I recommend the film. In the film, Howard Beale is uh, an evening newscaster who has been scheduled um, to, to uh, I think, be quietly dropped after about another nine appearances. When he discovers that he has a meltdown and he announces that he's going to commit suicide the network have a debate as to how to deal with them, but they decide to let him have a dignified exit because he promises to be good. So he goes on it and be misbehaves horribly again, totally loses the plot, uh, says that, you know, life is just a complete load of bullshit. And he say comes out with the memorable line, he said, I want you to go to your window and shout out, I'm mad as hell. And I'm not going to uh, take it anymore. And the the network goes crazy, okay? They're they're furious, but actually, his ratings, which were declining, go be vertiginously high. Um, and and he he energizes, as it were, a whole urban community that's increasingly freaked out and frazzled by modern life and by its many inequities and unfairnesses. I know you're going to throw your eyes to heaven because you're hoping that I'll go in some broad philosophical direction with this. No, I'm not going in a broad philosophical direction. I'm going to the Synod in four years' time and you're coming with me. Because we're mad as hell, and we're not going to take it anymore. Are you going to deduce from that, that I'm going there to to attack the bishops? I'm not going there to attack anyone, okay? I've had enough time living my own life. I'm not going to start making some other poor devil's life a misery for him or her. It's not about going there to attack people who've just as much worth as I do. And it's certainly not going to attack the bishops who are doing their best at an almost impossible job. But I'm mad as hell. And what am I mad? I'm mad at I'm mad at the way the, the church has gone into a decline. The church which is, in Canon Sheehan's phrase, which is the, the world's richest merchant and the world's worst shopkeeper. That we cannot seem to sell the incredible product we have, to put it crudely. I'm, I'm mad as hell that, that, that we have betrayed the gospel. We as priests. And I say we because we have to take the shame of the ones who have betrayed the priesthood. I'm mad as hell at the way in which Christ is being kept from the people. In the same way as the disciples tried to manage him. In the same way as when the little children tried to run up to Christ, the disciples stopped them and turned them away. I'm mad at that. And I'm not going to take it anymore. Now, I'm going to go to that synod as a conservative. I'm going to say that again, okay? Because you may have missed that. I'm going to go to the synod as a conservative. You know, the ones with horns and a tail and cloven hooves. I'm going to go to the synod as that. I'm going to go as myself. It feels great to say it. You know, it feels so liberating to say it. My name is Brendan, and I'm a Conservative. So all those of you who regard Conservatives in the church as a pack of, of, of uh, Latin mass-going, mistletoting freaks, of uh, liturgical versions of the, the gun lobby in America, all those of you who regard us in that way can just suck it up and live with it and get your heads around it and get over it because we're coming to town okay we're coming to town and we'll see you in the saloon we're mad as hell we're not going to take it anymore and what i am driving at here is that the dark forces that clotted and thickened around Christ as he was born, that followed him every step of the 33 years of his life, and in particular the three years of his public ministry, that seemed to win as he ended broken and tortured and beaten on the cross. Those same forces are crucifying Christ today in the shape of the destruction, the near destruction, near destruction destruction of the priesthood in the shape of the near destruction of the sacred liturgy. And am I coming here with the Latin Mass thing? No. I I, I think the Latin Mass is incredibly beautiful and I think Pope Benedict did an incredibly beautiful thing in letting people have it again. But I'm, I'm, I'm mad at the way the Novus Ordo has said. I'm mad at her lack of reverence for the Blessed Eucharist. I'm mad at the lack of example we've given. I'm mad at the priesthood starting with this priest. I'm not going to take it anymore. We have to start again. This can't go on. I mean, we will never see heaven if we allow this to go on. This cannot go on. Those people out there, they have to hear the gospel. They have to be able to see it. They have to be able to meet it on the street and talk to it. And I would say to those of you who don't share my views and who take, let's say, for for want of a better term, a more liberal view, take a different view, okay? You should be coming to the Senate mad as hell. This should be, I've said it before, an intense exhausting discussion it should be exhausting this experience and everyone needs to start preparing for it now they need to start praying and thinking their way into it this synod is a council of war Councils of war are not necessarily United when they begin But they must be united When they end Otherwise you might as well Hand the whole thing over to the enemy With an apology I want you to come into this Senate Mad as hell and not going to take it anymore I want you to come raw And passionate And fed up That's the way in which the Holy Spirit can manage to get into our hearts when we're finally exasperated at the royal mess we've made of the whole thing. And I say absolutely crucial things have to be discussed here, alright? And I'm not coming, don't throw at me, oh you're coming the Lefebvreist at this. I'm telling you, one of the core things that need to be discussed in the Senate is the slobbering and messing with which the sacred liturgy is treated. We have to tackle that. Whether you're I I say the Novus Ordo I've only ever once in my life said said the um the the TLM and, and made a hash of it when I was doing it, but I do I would like to improve at it. But I'm a novice, I mean, I was trained, suckled in the Novus Ordo, I was brought up in the Novus Ordo. We we have to get back to a real sense of reverence, of awe, of mystery and of love in the Eucharist. We have to get back to it. We have to get back to the tremendous resolved tragedy that is at the heart of the Eucharist. Because the Eucharist is inseparable from the Passion of our Lord Jesus Christ and is inseparable from the Resurrection. All of them are in the Eucharist. All of this is in the Eucharist. So the question as to how we celebrate the Eucharist, the question as to how our churches are to be used, and I'm sorry, you, you get your... You can just chew on this now, you can just chew on this, but it's certainly something that I'm going to bring up. I'm going to make sure it's brought up. I, I don't care if I have to bribe the people who are doing it. I'll take out a mortgage and I'll bribe the people who are doing it. This has to be brought up, okay? It's the way in which we celebrate the Mass. The way in which we decorate the church. What we permit to happen in the church. This blathering and talking, in the church, has to stop. Whether it's in the pulpit or out of it, this talking at the back of the church has to stop. This nonsense that goes on at funerals has to stop. This this turning the turning the sacred precincts of the church into a funeral home at the end with commiserations going on so that the liturgy is broken at the end, that has to stop. Out, out, out. Anything that that in any way obscures the real truth of what is happening has to go. The funeral liturgy is offered for the salvation of the soul whose remains are before the altar. It is not some dinky little commemoration of a life which nobody in that church understands anyway, or ever did, or ever will. Because a mystery has passed, and one must respect mystery. We must look at the nonsense that goes on at weddings to stop. And if couples aren't practicing, they shouldn't be having mass. They should settle for a service. And they're doing good to get it. I'm sorry, no disrespect, but I'm going to say that again. They're doing damn sweet to get it. So let them not complain if they haven't darkened the door of the church in years. If I'm putting you off, I'm sorry about that. No, I'm not. No. No, I'm not. No, that was a lie. Sorry. Take that back. Rewind. Rewind. No. we, we, We have to bite the bullet here. And, and liturgies in which the priest gives gives a rambling sermon at the beginning and a, a, just as a as a, an appetizer to an even more rambling one in the middle and then a good ramble again at the end so that he never shuts up for the entire sacred liturgy. I'm like, Come on, basta, as the Italians say, enough already. It's enough. The... The merest few words at the beginning, if anything. The merest few words at the end, if anything. If anything. And an excellent, thoughtful and thought-provoking sermon. A godly sermon. A sermon that does something to bring people to God. But are, are we willing to tackle this stuff? Instead of going in blathering about things that can't be changed, that simply cannot be changed because they are part of the divinely appointed constitution of the church. These are things that can be changed. That our churches be more beautiful or restored to their beauty. That our liturgies be sacred and beautiful and mysterious and reflective and totally God-centred. This, this this thing of, of uh, involving the people. The people are involved. The Mass is offered by the priest for them. Uh, uh, do priests want to stop being priests? Is this really what's going on? Is this the agenda? Because it's starting to come out in Germany, which is interesting. Do priests want to stop being priests? They want to come down off the cross. They want to stop serving Christ. This... This cannot go on. Now, I'm coming as a conservative, but I mean, I I have endless time for the liberal position, if it's thought out and, and, and thoughtfully argued instead of just despising conservatives. But I'm just saying now that we cannot go on as we are. You want to see what the Holy Spirit is saying to the church? He is speaking to us through abject failure. Now, I, I, I would have thought that we would have noticed by now that this is failure and it's pretty abject. The quality of the sacred liturgy and the quality of sermons, that's absolutely crucial. This cannot go on. It's, it's, it is ridiculous. Church is the bride of Christ on earth. We are, we are a prophetic presence. We must go back to the beginning and start again. That's what we must do. Now I want you to go out and I want you to stand at your window wearing a lampshade on your head. And I want you to shout out the window. I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. The lampshade, optional. Fine. The name of the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen.